When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, Charles the Fourth, or is it the Third? Bloody bitch! We will supply the denazification of the Let me put it to you! Justin, yes, you If you win by one, you've won. The phone went over the side. It is time to destroy the I just think everyone should be sure. What the fuck is going on? Hello, I'm Mark Steele. Welcome to my podcast, where each week I ask the question... What the fuck is going on? A major part of British society is the press. For hundreds of years, governments have been obsessed with getting the owners of newspapers on their side. And so it's important, many people suggest as a democracy, that the press behaves in a way that is honest and that it's prepared to stand up to any excessive behaviour on behalf of the establishment. This is why some people say that it's not ideal that now the press is so much on the side of the establishment that even Prince Harry looks like the underdog against them because they hacked his phone like they did with loads of other people. So even he looks like a common, ordinary person compared to them, even though he's fourth in line to the throne and was given a castle when he was three and he was a duke. And his dad has worn the crown jewels and he's the poxy king of countries he probably hasn't even heard of But the press are so powerful that even Prince Harry looks like a humble little victim against these bastard psychopaths who fucking hack into phones of people such as grieving families. And at least last time they pretended to care, like when Rupert Murdoch went, this is the humblest day of my life. Now, given that on most days he's ridden in a helicopter by 20 past eight in the morning and caused a war by nine, that wouldn't have to be all that humble. But now they just say, We're not humble at all. It was in the public interest that we did this because the public can't make informed decisions about the great debates of modern life unless we know that the weatherman of Good Morning Britain was caught having a wank by his sister. And if they can do what they want with Harry, they don't ever have to worry about daily articles about refugees that go, Afghans have eaten the new forest or Dame Judi Dench to be replaced by a mosque. No one can stop them printing photos of a Labour Party leader sat on the toilet with a headline that goes, he'll make us part of the third world, or print huge headlines that say, property prices crash as houses forced to be trans, or as heatwave strikes, now French fishermen demand the right to fish in our paddling pools, or a local council is set to ban sneezing in case it upsets asylum seekers who are sleeping in a nearby luxury hotel. So as punishment, anyone who hacked a phone should have to listen to 30 hours of everybody in Britain's phone conversations, almost all of which would be, I've already given you my pass. I've given you my pass. I gave you the ninth and 18th digit of my pink. All right, I'll do it again. What? Mate, I waited 40 minutes for someone to answer. Don't put me on hold again while you transfer me to another. They've cut me off. And when they finish that, they should have to give us all a million pounds compensation. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck?
Last week, a study showed that house prices have fallen by 1% compared with a year ago. Now, many people have been alarmed by this, especially this woman who I overheard in a cafe. Well, I heard Richard Madeley on Good Morning Britain say that house prices have fallen and I just started shaking because it's bad enough if you've got one house that's worth less, but we've got two houses, so God knows how much less money we've got now. I said to the nanny, you've no idea how lucky you are because you don't have a house, so you don't have to worry about these things. And she just started crying in Albanian and blubbering on about her landlord putting her rent up. Well, it's her landlord I feel sorry for because his house will be worth less too. If it carries on like this, the next thing you know, houses will be so cheap that people who need somewhere to live can buy them. And that could be disastrous for the economy. It will completely ruin our plans to buy Nectarina Cottage in Cornwall for her 16th birthday so she can start her property portfolio. She's already very keen on empty properties. She keeps breaking into them and starting fires. But that's because she's bored, you see, because she's so bright. And she has to do something with all that energy. Anyway, I haven't seen Colin all week and then I got a text from him saying he's been miserable for the last seven years and he's never coming back, which is excellent news because he's head of marketing for Pringles across the whole of the Rygate area, which means I can wring him dry with a divorce. Although it is a bit of a nuisance because he's the only one who knows how to program the alarm for the gazebo. But that's the trouble with some people. It's just me, me, me. Excuse me, is this napkin organic? Because I want to blow my nose into it. What the fuck is going on? Now, you can't work out what the fuck is going on without expert advice. That is one of the oldest sayings. I think the Duke of Wellington used to say that, and it was often uh, it was often quoted by Gladstone. Uh, in, in fact, it's recorded in Hansard. But what they should have added was that that expert advice can't come any more magnificent than that. And Mr. Mick Ferry is with me now. Yeah, I'm not sure what advice he would give to Gladstone. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, he was. You know, apparently, he was. Uh, um, he was quite a down to earth chapper. You know, once he was out the house of Commons, really lovely. You know, he's got a bad image of him. But once he was down the pub, he was a fucking. Yeah, right as long as he got his rounding. That's all that's bottom matters, isn't it? Oh, he got, he got his rounding. Yeah. Fell out with Disraeli terribly, though. I think that's why they fell out. It was over. It was his Disraeli. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. And, and then there was a terrible row over a game of pool. Yeah. And then Disraeli didn't like using beer mats. We know that. It's very famous. And uh, last yes. his el- he got his elbows wet that day, and that was it. He never forgave him. <laughs> he did. Well, that's right. And there's what Disraeli wrote the book, didn't he, saying we are two nations. Yeah. That's what he meant. <laughs> yeah. People are... There are people who uh, people who use beer mats and people who don't. Yeah, and I, and I'm on Glaston's side. I think people should be using oh, beer mats. Yeah, yeah. I, I I hate a pub without beer mats. I go mad. There's a declining industry, the beer mat industry, isn't <laughs> well, it? That's well, what we should do. This should be a podcast. Old man's podcast. You don't get beer mats anymore. I'll tell you what, when I was a boy, you weren't allowed to bloody go. You wouldn't. You had to have a beer mat in the half past seven in the morning. If you hadn't used free beer mats, yeah. you were given a good hiding. I was given, yeah, I was given, I had an idea of actually doing a tap room uh, podcast. <laughs> Uh, you know the nutters. But see, I, when I left school, every every tap room had a nutter, right? Had a nutter, and somebody there was always somebody called Mad Frank who had a theory about the royal family being made of plasticine. Some like <laughs> some, some nut job, uh, and every public going to be a different one. They'd be like Mad John who believes that the moon was actually just on the other side of Wigan, and uh, they used to go there in the studio. And I used to think at the time, it's a good job them lot never meet. And then the internet got the internet got invented. So they all end up fucking meeting each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And here we are. Yeah. Here we are. 
We've all, no, I'm fucking telling you, mate. There's fucking, there's no such place as Sheffield. Yeah. It's fucking, they've fucking made it up, man. I'm fucking telling you, mate. Yeah. You think about it. Where There's not enough room for it between fucking Rotherham and Leeds, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Bands that made it up to get out of paying tax. <laughs> Badgers, right? They're just fucking otters, right? With a bit painted down. That's all it is, yeah. That's what farmers do, yeah. And they, and they make them smoke so they cough so they can pretend they've got TB and then kill them. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was all started by the fucking aristocracy. I'm telling you, right? You look at the fucking bio tapestry, it's full of fucking otters. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the Normans come over and they always say fucking Adam and they like, and that's why, like, old Cheshire is owned by an otter. I'm fucking telling you. Yeah, you, yeah. Go, yeah, you just got to look at a coat of arms. Any coat of arms, you'll see the otters. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. You need more of those. There was a bloke in the pub that I you know, still, I'd go buy it, say quite every day, but most days, just next to Gypsy Hill Station. And when I lived in a squat, I first went in there, uh, oh, this was hundreds of years ago, and there was a lovely old fella in there, and I don't know what happened to him in his life, but he would sit and talk on his own, totally on his own, and I remember him, saying one day when he was talking away absolutely as if there was someone the other uh, on the other side of the table he went I'm telling you you try finding a chemist open in South End on a Sunday <laughs> to a totally empty chair oh and bless that- <laughs> I'd say, you know what that probably was uh, and, and I think this is a theory maybe he didn't live alone maybe he lived uh, with his wife, but he'd not had a chance to speak for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> so when he got a bit of respite in the pub. <laughs> yeah, he, I he, think we need more of this. We need yeah. more old-fashioned attitudes from 1960. He has to fucking, he has to lose fucking giving it to all that while she's at home. He's got no, he's got like, 40 years of complaints to come out. But 1964, they'd been to South End for the day. He was going, I can't find a chemist. And she was fucking gibbering away about her fucking shoes or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so he saved it all up, hasn't he? Yeah, that's exactly what's happened there. Bless him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mick, I'm very interested to see that. Uh, uh, someone else has been on this podcast in recent times, Justin Morehouse. You and him are part of the... Uh, quiz team i think he mentioned it when he was on there yeah yeah we do uh, it's monday nights it's a, a pub which is it's not quite local to him it's not quite local to me either but uh we do like to we do like to rock up there and uh, we uh, cha- the team is quite interchangeable justin will appear for a few weeks and we don't see him oh for do a you few have a uh, rotation like manchester city <laughs> well we are we, we've got we've only got 111 charges against us as a quiz team uh, um <laughs> <laughs> there has been complaints about some of the quality of uh, play we've been able to buy. Uh, <laughs> Have you been buy, buying in sort of like professors yeah. of chemistry from PSG? We've had two chasers, two of the chasers uh, on four occasions. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Now, one of the things I think is really interesting with this is because is that, and it still exists, the sort of prejudice, but I, I think in, in almost any 
workplace or in almost any sort of manual workplace even that I've been aware of, there is, there'll be someone in there who is a fucking expert on God, who does, who always finishes the Times crossword in five minutes. You know what I mean? Or I find, I don't know if this is just my personal, if this is a prejudice or something, but I find postal workers that you, I, I, don't know too many now, but I used to know quite a lot of people who work in the post office. There'd always be a postman who sort of knew, I don't know, they'd taught themselves Russian or something. (laughs) Uh, You'd always see them in the pub at the start of the afternoon because the shift had just finished, so they'd have a few before they went home to go to bed. Yeah, I know know what you mean. There's always somebody me. I mean, I I worked in a few factories, and there's always some somebody in there who'd surprise you. You know, uh, it's like, where are you going this year for your holidays? Oh, I'm, I'm going to uh, Croatia because I speak the language. And you go, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Since when? Well, I learned it last year. You got you learn a language in a year. Uh, no, but I, I think there's a – right, so I do think there's a point to this, which is that there is still – much less than it was – there is still a prejudice about, uh, that, that, you know, that you are – someone is assumed to be intellectual if it, it, much more quickly – if they have, if they are speak in a particular manner, and they pronounce words such as which and you know, yes. and yeah. uh, you know this type of this type of uh, um, eloquence, and uh, they articulate themselves in a certain fashion, then one is more more I, I, inclined I understand to you. believe it's that they, it's understandable that they're uh, if they if, if they turn out to be intelligent, you go well, of course they are. Listen to where they talk, but if uh, if John who works down the pit could tell you everything about the 100 years war from start to finish in every major player. You've got this something wrong yeah. with John. But no, I think generally in, in quiz teams, it's sort of, it, it's very much a sort of traditional working class sort of sport, I think, isn't it? Am I talking sport? shit here? Yeah, no, I think sport's a good one. I think it's a pub sport, man. I think, yeah, you could say it's a, it's up there with pool and dance, a pub quiz. Everybody likes a pub quiz. I'm shit at them. Right. Well, the last one I did one about a year ago, and I was in the Isle of Wight with Chappie, and we were we were trying to. Oh, I don't know. We come. I was quite happy to come seventh out of eleven or something. Yeah. And there was I couldn't claim any. Uh, uh, we were just terrible at it, and you know you think you sort of know sport ones. I could get all the sport ones, but that's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, we seem to um. So uh, we seem to have the areas covered. I mean, we've got a member of the team, Rob, uh, a very dear friend of mine. And on sports or plus the odd film question he might know, but anything to do with military. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a worry. That's well, handy, we, but also a worry. Well, well I've yeah, got one yeah, of them. Well, I've got know, one you, of them Glock and guns in me. <laughs> you're talking about uh, people who know everything. He knows everything there is about guns. It's it's terrifying. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, quite spookily terrifying, actually. Um, Does that mean that one week he's not going to turn up? You'll be disappointed because you <laughs> didn't, and then you'll turn on the turn on the news. And as Elliot often says, it'll be the is the sort of some, Elliot sometimes says about someone who looks a bit odd. I wouldn't be surprised to see him one day in an item on the news that ends, and then he turned the gun on himself. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the reason why he doesn't own a gun. I think he knows he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that's part of the problem with some people with weapons, isn't it? Particularly, I think they know what they do. They got one, and then they get yeah. one, and yeah, the, yeah. I think Rob the evidence is. <laughs> I think the evidence is building that if you allow any lunatic uh, in the vicinity to have a gun, they are more likely to use the gun. 
than if they don't have a gun. Uh, uh, well, exactly <laughs> true. And I, I, I will often, if I'm in, uh, doing a gig and speaking to an American in the crowd, I'll always ask them if they've got any guns back home, which invariably they do. Uh, and I'll say, this is, a, this is, I'll show you why we don't have guns in the UK. And I'll say to the crowd, I'll say, put your hands up. If if you had a gun and you were pissed, you'd be tempted to use it. And nearly <laughs> everybody's hand nearly goes up. And you go, that's mm. why we don't have them. Um, because we know what we're fucking like. We're idiots. As soon as yeah. we had a dr- as soon as we had a drink, we probably wouldn't even be shooting people, just stuff around the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you, Mick, I wouldn't need to be pissed. <laughs> See that that's worrying. That's worrying. <laughs> and then he turned the gun on himself. <laughs> oh, no, I wouldn't Max even do that. <laughs> I wouldn't even do that. I'll be going, Well he was fucking getting on my nerves. What did you expect? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beer <laughs> wankers. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have beer match in future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, th- I, th- I think it's a. I think this is fascinating. I've been mean, doing a bit of me show about it actually, about sort of length. The the. Uh, I don't want to start doing bits of me act, but I'm going to do a bit of me act, which is which is that that sort of assumption that if one speaks in a particular fashion, then that makes it automatically sort of uh, that, that that's a superior language. I think is utterly. Utterly false, and what? And of course, I start believing this. Well, the reason that one speaks in a particular grammatical manner, which is deemed to be correct, and say which, and matters, uh, and use phrases such as uh, uh, phrases such as that, is that it, that's correct, and that the way you speak or the way I speak isn't correct. But that it's just so wrong because there's there's. All accents have their own rules that they follow, and the sort of that particular accent is just following its own rules. Yeah, isn't it? but the way I think it's to do with uh, let's be honest, the years of class subjugation, isn't it? Is we've always perceived those the people who talk like that are our betters. Of course, they are. They, they've been to university or they've been, they've been privately educated. They're usually, it's usually our bosses that talk like that, or the people who are in charge of us talk like that. You, you know, you listen to after numb shits in parliament who will talk like that and we just assume that they're better and more intellectual than us because of that that actually something that's ingrained in us and it is ingrained in us yeah it's a very british thing that you, know, you wouldn't have that in i don't know i can't imagine that in greece do you get that i mean you probably do to a certain extent but i doubt if it's the same as it is here which is you know i don't i wonder whether boris johnson would have been Possible uh, in another in, in a Euro- any other European country. Well, well, yeah, but also imagine then. I mean, Boris, you do this. But imagine that in a Cockney accent, you go, "This guy's a fucking idiot." Yeah, it was going, yeah. "Oh, right, the thing, the thing, the, what the thing is the um uh, the, 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 the you know what I mean? The thing anyway." You go well. Who's voting for this wanker? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> bits of and then bits of Latin. No, right. Well, I'm telling you, right. Now, sine qua non, right. Fucking <laughs> yeah, as it yeah. was, you know. No, modus operandi. Give it a rest. Give it a rest. Fucking no, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out, governor. Hear me, hear me out. Fucking hell, you know, etc. Modus fucking operandi. Yeah. Caught, I mean, caught, caught us in, damn, us. Didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> He's got fucking. I'll tell. I'll say to him, fucking carpet DM you old cunt. <laughs> yeah. No. It, see. Nobody's going to vote for that, are they? Sadly. I mean, I would. <laughs> yeah. What an absolute pleasure it's been in talking to you, as it always is, Mick. When are we going to go for a pint? I've not uh, been drinking. The next time I see you, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it will be. I've not been, I haven't, had, do you know, I haven't had a drink. I don't know what you think about this. I haven't had a drink since New Year's Eve. Oh, wow. Okay. You're going to keep that up? No. 
<laughs> well, you, what oh, do you think? Just while I've been while I've been touring, so uh, <laughs> what that, about, that's what about an Ashes win? You're going to drink, drink, drink. <laughs> Uh, I would have thought to an Ashes, well, to a series win, I would absolutely drink to that. I might even drink before. It's not, you know, I've got the last show in the tour is another two weeks, so uh, it, it'll all end then, and then then I can go back to being. Do you feel better for it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there you go. But I'm also going to feel better for having a drink in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, you might not do. Imagine, oh, imagine you find that, yeah, you, you drink and obviously you develop an allergy to it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. well, yes, it's possible in the same way. Imagine one morning I wake up and I discover I'd be happier being a Benedictine monk. Uh, and I just spent, oh, what's Mark doing now? He's giving up all the comedy. He does calligraphy yeah. and praying and growing watercress on a remote island. But, uh, Mick Ferry. Oh, Mick, right. Yes, what have we, what have we, where can we see you? What are you? Uh, nothing's bad just gigging uh, I've got a brand new website out so all my details are on there which will be updated regularly which means when I can be asked um, so uh, uh, website Mick Ferry you know to sell yourself uh, yeah Mick, mickferry.com that's it uh, I'm in London this weekend comedy store Ballon Banana places like that uh, but yeah just around the circuit you know and if you go on the uh, uh, internet and find a little two minute Bit oh, two minute, minute chat, chat yeah, yeah. That I, that, uh, the one that you did with me and Elliot, I still, yeah, <laughs> I think that's the finest thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was funny about that? Some people actually got the joke, but some people didn't. Yeah, some yeah, people yeah. Going, this is terrible. This is a car crash. <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Superb. Thank well, you so for much. Having As you know, we love to get a wide range of views on this podcast, and so here once again is the master of gently teasing out opinions, Mike Concrete. Right, with me now is Tony Marborough. He's the press officer for the Pennines Rambling Association, and he's planning a mass hike through the Pennines. What's it all about, Tony? Hello. Oh, oh, this is marvellous, Mike. It's, uh, it's a chance to get together with all walkers and just enjoy the sheer beauty at Pennines. Uh, there's nothing like it. Well, you got against roads. <laughs> well, roads are very useful, though. Uh, you know, but once in a while, you know, you don't, you don't, you would just want to leave the roads behind you, you know, feel like you're breathing in the pure air. I bet you live on a road. Well, uh, well, yes, I do. It's actually quite handy, Mike. Well, then you're a hypocrite. <laughs> but, oh, you You've lived in London too long. Come and join us. It'd do you good. <laughs> join you. Doesn't it bother you that you're discriminating against motorists? Oh, well, uh, well uh, how are we doing that then, Mike? Well, because if someone came to one of your outings and wanted to drive over the Pennines, you wouldn't let them in your group. <laughs> it's it's, it's, a, it's a walking group, Mike. Uh, it's about uh, appreciating the countryside. If you love the countryside so much, why don't you build more roads so that more people can see it? <laughs> my, my, if, if, you know what? If there's one person who benefit from getting away from the stuffy office and enjoying freedom at Pennines, it's you. I spent a week in the Pennines when I went on holiday to Dorset. <laughs> Mike, you're all over the place. The Pennines, they don't go through Dorset. Yes, they do. See you, Tony. 
That's enough of that, idiot. No wonder the local pub's been turned into an all-bar one. Here's Eamon Holmes with today's croissant recipe. Thank you so much to all those of you who are now supporting us on Patreon. 30 or 40 billion people the last time I looked. It is because of you that we can continue our quest to find out what the fuck is going on. If you would like to join these wonderful virtuous, radiant, saintly people for as little as £2 a month. Just follow the link on our Twitter page or go to www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on. Or to become amongst the elite, the historically elite people when it comes to knowing what the fuck is going on. For just £4 a month, you will get a longer ad-free version of the episode with extended interviews and bonus sketches, such as this week, for example, Britain's most patriotic man, Nigel Boulevard, talking about how darts has returned to the UK since we left the European Union. And you will get discounts on live shows, which we'll be doing more of later in the year. And you'll get the episodes on Friday night, unlike everyone else who has to wait until Saturday mornings. Often people fly backwards around the world to the Pacific Islands, where the day starts earlier. You'd be able to save all of that. You know, it's it's cost-effective, isn't it? The £4 a month. So go to www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on to join the WTF community. It has come to the time of the week where everybody stops for the announcements, just as in one of those films where Morgan Friedman's the president and he's come on to give the, the daily... Uh, the daily announcement about whether or not the world will carry on because we've been able to resist this alien invasion or an asteroid that's you know the size of of uh, yeah, the size of California that's going to land in Hampstead Heath and destroy us all. That is uh, that is the situation we're in now. Announcements, but all I have is weedy announcements. I will be in Lancaster on June the seventeenth. Yeah, is that it? Twenty third in Telford and the 16th in Workington. I can't remember the name of the theatres right now. The Grand Theatre in Lancaster. Uh, anyway, very pretty. Lancaster and Workington is very useful. So, uh, I'll be there. That's an announcement. Also, oh, this is exciting. On the 22nd of June, I will be... There's a, these lovely people who set up a thing called the French It Up Comedy Club, and there's all shows in French. So, uh, I might as well do this in French. Uh, 22 juin, uh, je vais aller à French It Up Comedy Club, uh, Exmouth Market. Uh, 26 Exmouth Market, uh, 10 libres, uh, point billet, le plateau de stand-up du French It Up Comedy Club avec un line-up exclusive de guests francophones et humoristes londoniens expérimentés or experimental London humorists speaking in French, can you possibly, possibly not go to that? Uh, that's going to be on the 22nd of, of June. And, uh, oh, right, now that's enough announcements for now. I feel that there ought to be bigger announcements, like all street lighting is going to be turned off between June and November. All drains of, are going to be uh, unblocked and sewage is just going to... No, that's already happened. I, I, I feel like that there should be something something bigger that I should say. Uh, that we are going to return... Britain is going... There's quite one announcement. 
For nine months, Britain is going to return to a feudal system. Now, that's already happened, doesn't it? No, I'm going to have to think of one for next week. Now, people have been getting in touch with us on our Patreon account, as well as on Twitter, uh, wanting to know what the fuck is going on with certain things. Alan Stowell, one of our fine Patreon supporters, asked, if I had a bugle and B could play said instrument, I would blow it. What the fuck is going on, he says, with protesters gluing themselves to all types of things. I tried to glue the beading that goes between the floor and the skirting board, and that didn't work. Super glue my arse, he says. Not language I would use. Where the fuck do they get their glue from? I think that they there's a, they're missing an opportunity, some of these protesters. They should be able to advertise glue. Surely, shouldn't they? Oh, my God. We've tried to super glue ourselves to a bus to protest against the appalling diesel uh, output and the use of fossil fuels by a stagecoach bus company. But every time I try to do it, as soon as the bus goes off, it just leaves me with a torn coat, feeling like an idiot. And the the world continues to take no notice of climate change. What do I do? Ah, well, never mind, environmental protester. You can use this and then whatever glue it is. And, you know, that would fund their fund their cause. Uh, they're just missing an opportunity is the trouble with the left they don't think commercially and capitalistically enough Uh, but yeah I absolutely agree I've never come across glue that really sticks anything very much and yet these people must have the what there must be a very very small supply of really quite magnificent glue and building firms airlines oh Christ we really need to glue that rivet in otherwise the plane can't take off nope I don't know who's bloody someone's just been in and bought it all at Wix and it's the stop the oil people and they're just happily gluing themselves to anything the top of the shard uh, the um, the the next rocket that's going to the moon uh, and it it just works perfectly if I was a conspiracy theorist I'd go to you know what I think the glue people are in on it all uh, so Sue Barnard on Twitter says and Sue is very much a friend of the of the podcast. I have been sent a mail shot about funeral plans. It claims our customers rate us four point nine out of five. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Are they getting messages? Ooh, what is it? she says quite reasonably. Does the plan come with a free Ouija board? It must do. I'm getting a four. I'm getting a four. I'm getting a a point. I'm getting a what? One? Oh, we better not mention that. Uh, now, I got sent something uh, by someone who uh, said that they asked ChatGPT to write a 500-word article about artificial intelligence written by me, written by Mark Steele. Would you be able to write it in that uh, style? So this is what it come up with. I'm not, I promise you I'm not going to read the whole thing. But just the first two words will do you. It go. This is as if it was written by me. Well, folks, now when have I ever, ever started anything with well, folks? I don't think in my whole life I have ever started anything written, spoken. I don't think I've dreamt anything where somebody starts off by saying, well, folks. I think if I went and lived in the middle of Colorado and became a lumberjack and never went outside the village that after 30 years i'd be going well folks i just wouldn't i would think i'm not starting a bloody sentence like that 
Anyway, called it the chat GBT. That's how I'd start the article. Well, folks, we're living in the age of artificial intelligence. It's like living in a sci-fi movie, except there's no popcorn and the plot seems to be written by an algorithm. That doesn't make any sense. It's not what I would say. That's not my language. That's just ridiculous. Like say, oh, but this is useless. Like if it's like saying, I'll write something in the style of Charles Dickens, and it starts, well, folks, I might as well, I might as well sit on a hamster while I'm eating a stick of celery, and pretend that I'm a gibbon. That's, uh, uh. I pretend that I'm a gibbon that's lost his microwave. And people going, oh, my God, It's you don't need Dickens anymore. It's genius. Anybody who's had this done to them, I mean, I'm not trying to claim that I'm in the same sort of uh, arena culturally as people like this, but anyone like um, Nick Cave, I think, you know, just thought this is actually – even ABBA, right? So ABBA, there was an AI – a bot thing that tried to write an ABBA song, wasn't it? And it was just nonsense, and they just thought it was hilarious and so on. And um, and well, now I in in that regard, I stand alongside ABBA and Nick Cave. Uh, and it go, it just it goes on. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong; there are some pretty cool things about AI. I don't say there are some pretty cool things. And the only thing I'm wondering is, I wonder if it's mixed me up with Mark Steele the conspiracy theorist who speaks at various demonstrations about uh, 5G frazzling our minds and our COVID was all made up, the bloke from Newcastle, and maybe, I don't know, I've given up now, but maybe that article then ends up going, and not only that, but like another thing with AA, AA, as it's all made up by these blokes who who come up with a vaccine, vaccine so that they can inject us and make us all think that we're popcorn and and the uh, and then because they're popcorn, they don't don't want us to be at like, and so they that's where they come up with like scenarios that are just like movies, but without the popcorn. I think we're all safe for the time being. Melanie, Rack- oh Melanie, so often you send in your lovely questions and and uh, little messages, and I never know how to pronounce your name. Ragno, Melanie Ragno says, as a Patreon supporter, I would like a thousand percent more Elliot. Thank you so much, Melanie. I think that's because someone someone last week, Elliot quoted that someone last week said that in response to the uh in response to the little Patreon advert that we do on here that says, and you can get an ad free version, someone put, is there a can I pay money to get an Elliot free version? Well Melanie seems to disagree and says as a patron supporter I would like a thousand percent more Elliot. Uh, well, uh, yeah, that's very, uh, he'll be very, very flattered to, no, he won't be, he might be inside, I know that when I tell him that, he'll go, because he's still too young to be seen showing enthusiasm for anything, but uh, uh, you and me, Melanie, we're a, we're a different breed. Right, you know the rules now, podcastees. You can't even think about finding out what the fuck is going on without the youth, without the semi-youth, without the roving semi-youth. Where are you today, Elliot Steele? I'm in Vauxhall. Uh, okay, well, are you investigating something? It is a bit like you being a foreign correspondent. What, by going to Vauxhall? Well, you're always, you're always somewhere. <laughs> anyway, uh, on Saturday morning, I saw you playing... 
in goal for a, a Crystal Palace eleven. Yes. Yeah. At Sellers, it at Sellers Park in a charity match. Yeah. Well, you did all right. Yeah. It was, a, was you not I happy okay. with it? I didn't. Do, I let in a couple of goals that I probably should have saved. Right. That's a bit harsh. I mean, I'd, if yeah, Roy, I, Roy Keane would have been, of course, would it? Well, I mean, you know, just going over his head. There, he should have done it. Imagine if he's not prepared to break all his bones. It's his job. <laughs> yeah. That's his favourite line, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, all right, how was that though? Because I thought you were uh, very excited about. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was it was it was fun though, and like the people who run it are really nice. The Crystal Palace Foundation, the really cool charity and stuff. Um, and you know, it, it was cool. Like I got to meet like a few Palace legends and stuff. But it's weird when you meet like, you know, I met Andy Johnson and he was just sort of talking to me about his patio. Right. And he just, <laughs> and, and you're like, oh yeah, I just forget you're a human being. And he's like just talking about like this patio we've got and stuff. And you go and they kind of gravel on it. And you're like, <laughs> oh, like that. And you're like, oh, right. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. You did, yeah. What was he so did he, What did he say then? So you, like, did you go, we, oh, you know, we we always, actually, I used to watch you when I was seven. And he went, oh yeah, I've got a patio with this. Well, no, I didn't, I didn't do that. I, I put my foot in it at one point when we were both uh, we afterwards. We were having a chat, and he was. So, and I went. We took. Uh, I went. Oh, good. didn't you score at Stamford Bridge? And he went, No, nah, I should have done. And oh he went, I oh, still think about that one. And I was like, Oh fuck! I thought I just brought up to a war veteran at like, a time they could have saved their mate. <laughs> And like, I was like, oh, no. And so I'm there, like, as Andy Johnson's having this flashback, and he's like, yeah, no, nah, I should have done it. And he's like, oh, that would have kept us up. And I was like, oh, fucking hell. I was like, oh, I was like, oh no. I was like, oh, shit. But yeah, because we were talking about so Did you he know, start crying it's, it's, and stuff and, and uh, making uh, barking noises? <laughs> Yeah, no, so it was. It was oh, the only was, thing uh, that gets me out of that frame of mind is just by just licking the gravel yeah. on me patio. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's this thing when you meet like footballers or people who are celebrities, you've got a kind of not fanboy or fangirl over them to have an actual conversation with them. You, you've got to go, all right, I'm not going to come best mates with them. Right? I, don't want, I don't want Andy Johnson then being like, oh, do you want to come around for dinner? Because then you're just gonna, you just <laughs> the, the, the idea of them then dies. Because you're just gonna go round to theirs and you're gonna see them like watering a plant, <laughs> doing some hoovering. Like, do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you were to meet, uh, uh, yeah, you I, know, if you were to meet like Robert De Niro and he walked into his house and he was like, oh, where the fuck are my slippers? <laughs> and you'd, you'd be like, oh my god, this is, yeah, I forget you're a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he would, and he'd, and you'd want him to go. My, they, they were fucking here. They were fucking here. Yeah. I put the fucking slippers fucking here. And you would want him to do that, but he wouldn't. He'd just be yeah. like, he'd just go, yeah. oh, here they are. God, I don't know what I'm like. Yeah. 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 I met a cricketer once, um, not quite sort of Premier League football status, but he was a very good uh, opening bat for Essex, Paul Pritchard. And I met him on a radio show and he was just, he, he just, uh, we really, really got on well. We had a couple of beers. And he said, oh, if you're, if you're ever at a game, you know, you must come and speak to me and we'll have a pint afterwards and all that. And I went down with Linda, actually, with, with Linda Smith. That's how long ago it was. But I said, oh, we'll go and meet Paul Pritchard afterwards. And Kent got 500 and something for five declared yeah. or something. Wow. And then Paul Pritchard wow. went into bat, opening bat for Essex. Very first ball, his middle stump just went flying oh, out of the no. ground. Oh my God. And then I went up to him afterwards 
<laughs> and he was there in the pavilion. And I went up to him afterwards with Linda and that guy, no, 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 he'll be fine. You know, he said to say hello. And he was obviously in such a foul mood. And I said, Paul, Mark, remember me? And he went, not now, mate. And just walked off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get that. I had that. Do you remember Do you remember when I bombed at Glastonbury? Do you remember uh, that? Yeah. When it, and yeah. You, you'll be kind and say, yeah. Yeah. The fact that you went, oh, yeah. That was a rough one. That was rough, I think yeah. You... Yeah, <laughs> we could talk about it now. It was what? It was about seven or eight years, years ago. Right? Yeah, yeah. Jeremy was there, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Jeremy, uh, a lot of your friends were there who were comics who were like, oh, oh, well, it's doing all right, isn't he? And I went on and I ate a bag of dicks <laughs> for 10 minutes. Like, like it was bad. It was, it was, I, I, I used to have this bit where I, I would go, I would, it like it would work if I was killing. It was kind of like a hack thing, but I'd only been going like a little while. Well, I'd, I'd talk about like someone when people when you're a comedian, people ask you to tell them a joke, and I'd always go, "Arguably, I've not told any today. Why would I tell one at that?" And I said, "Why have I not told any? To, arguably, I've not told any today." And this bloke shouted, "We've noticed." Oh, I don't remember that. Oh uh, yeah, and I and I, I just I just remember, and I, I came off, and the comic who was on who was emceeing the thing was like such a comedian about it. I'm glad they were doing this. He took a photo of me as I was coming off and then showed it to me after, showed me my face and he went, that was your face through that whole thing, mate. Like, I was just bombing. Like, and then I had to go back and like, Jeremy, Kate, you know, I, yeah, you know, there was a, there was a real sort of like, no one really speaking to me for a little bit afterwards thing. I was like, ooh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thing that is, the rough. comics don't mind because they know. <clears throat> they know the comics don't mind because they know. I remember doing one of my worst ones. During the miners' strike, I was asked to go up to Shirebrook, uh, which was a pit in Derby, and do a benefit. And everyone would talk about what a marvellous and amazing the spirit and the extraordinary resilience and the fantastic solidarity and all you could feel was the wonderful humanity and all that the pinnacle of human sort of existence and so on and yeah. i went on and absolutely died they just they didn't have a clue what i was doing i was or what i was talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, and you could yeah, sort yeah. of hear them i'm sure even now if i think about it i can hear a room if full of miners and their families in a miners welfare all going what the fuck's he talking about? I mean, it's all right. I'm coming up here supporting us, but he's going to fucking, he's going to drive us all back to work just to get away from his <laughs> shite, fucking useless fucking act, which is more miserable than doing a 12-hour shift down fucking pit when there's a disaster. I'd rather that. I'd rather be flooded than fucking listen to this shite. I, that's my memory of it. And that uh, <laughs> still stays with me. So that was whatever that was, 39 years ago. <laughs> was did, did the event organizer do that thing afterwards where they come up and told you how great it was and how thank you for being and you have to sit there and be like please don't lie I'd, I'd have so much more respect for you if you came up to me and went yeah yeah you were the wrong thing for that, that <laughs> yeah like that, you know what i mean don't come up and tell me it's all okay uh but uh, uh yeah i've that that glastonbury one is one of the worst like that was one of the worst gigs i think i've had like thinking back to it in terms of just I think Billy Bragg was stood there watching. I oh, think, God. Like, all I legends of comedy. And I, and I died. And I know I died because of the way you went, oh, yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> I know, but no one really minds. If that was to happen now, because I know how to play those things, 
I'd get to the point where I'd have three minutes to go and then I could go into them and tell them what I really think. The problem was I was too new. You know, when you go like, all right, you've got three minutes left and I'm, I'm just sit there and go, I hope you fucking all OD. I hope you, you know, I hope the bands you go see get rained off. I hope your tents flood and your kids are in it. Like, it just, you could do that. And that would then become really funny. That would then be fun. But I didn't have, I didn't know that that was an option back then. Tents flood and your kids are in it. Yeah, like, that's the way. Washed up on shipped and mallet. <laughs> Right, this this conversation, Musk, I'll tell you what I want to talk to you about one week is talking about the things you learn in comedy schools, this thing about the 40-minute dip. Have you heard about this? Yeah. We'll talk about that another, we'll talk about that another week, but that. But for okay, now, okay, we'll let's that that, flag week. that up for a thing to talk about another week, the 40-minute fucking dip, my ass. Right, I will, um, <laughs> thank you very much, Elliot Steele. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you've liked it, rate it. And if you can be bothered, write a review. If you can't be bothered, definitely write a review. Just sit and meditate for an hour or two. Let your thoughts just connect with your inner nervousness and anxieties. And from that, write a review. It's almost like I'm a yogic master. If there is anything at all that you think I should be finding out what the fuck is going on with it, please send me a message on Twitter at WTF is going on pod. And we will look at every message that you send. If you would like to become a WTF supporter and get early access to ad free extended versions for as little as two tiddly pounds a month, please visit our Patreon page. What the fuck is going on was hosted by me, Mark Steele, with my guests, Mick Ferrier and Elliot Steele. Voices by Sarah Alexander and Mick Ferry. It was written by Mark Steele and Pete Sinclair. The music was by Willie Dowling. It was produced by Mike Benwell at Carousel Studios. What the fuck is going on was brought to you by WTF Productions. 